Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Two serious dog attacks. That's T-W-O, not T-O. Two serious dog attacks in Canada in recent days. In Fort St. John, uh, Alberta, two pit bulls chased a small dog into a family home where they mauled and killed a family cat and attacked a 66-year-old male homeowner. I was reading he may lose the use of his hands, possibly could face amputation because of the severity of the uh, of the massive number of bites. In Richmond, British Columbia, family pet, a Rottweiler Husky mix, turned on and attacked its owner and her twin sister. The owner was bitten a hundred times and hospitalized. Her sister was also seriously injured, and a man who tried to intervene was attacked by the dog, described as a friendly family pet. I read uh, that the family had had the dog since it was seven weeks old. So I've uh, seen emails about um, what should happen with dogs. I've seen emails for breed bands and large dog bands. And one email from Jeffrey simply read, humans have no right to include animals among their possessions. And then he had a word or two for me, which I'm not going to repeat, because I have two dogs. Six-pound Yorkie, 15-pound Bichon. I've always been a big dog person. And then my uh, lovely wife converted me into a small dog person by buying two small dogs. Well, actually, I was responsible for the Bichon. And even little dogs have the potential to do damage if they so choose. They are not, as many people seem to suggest by the way they treat their animals, they're not little people in fur coats. They are dogs. They are animals. And trust me, little dogs are as much dog as big dogs. They just don't have the heft of a 140-pound Rottweiler like I used to have. Dr. Stanley Corrin joins me on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network, psychology professor emeritus at the University of British Columbia, international dog show judge, dog behavior expert and author. Many books. My favorite is Born to Bark. And each time, Stan, each time I, I, I meet a dog owner and I say, Stanley Carr, and they say, I have his book. <laughs> you know, Stanley. Know that people still read. <laughs> oh, no, they say, do you know Dr. Carr? Oh, tell him I love his book or his books. <laughs> Let them wait till the next one, which is going to be very amusing. So, <laughs> Looking forward to it. When's that coming out? In February. What's it called? It's called Gods, Ghosts, and Black Dogs. It's all about the, the mythology and folklore of dogs. It's, oh, looking forward to that. It's a total left turn from what I usually write. Well, looking forward to reading that. So here we are where we have two incidents, two significant incidents that reported on in this country about dog bites, major, disturbing. But then I thought, how many dogs are in this country? Would it be fair to say more than a million? Well, I don't know the exact uh, Canadian statistics, but we know the American statistics. So 
So the American statistics are there 56.3 million dogs. Uh, so in, if we take 10% of that, roughly? Yep, yep. We might have 5 million dogs, 5 million plus in yeah, this well, country. Well, well the, this, the, there is a stat, which we do have, and it says that um, um, in Canada, one out of every four families has a dog, uh, except in Quebec, where it's one out of every three. And there's, Quebec really loves dogs. Yeah, we do. We do. I'm, I'm in the Socialist Republic of New France, and I got two of them. Um, what's your reaction, Stan, to incidents like the ones we've heard about this week and the response from politicians almost invariably is predictable and from some others is ban breeds like pit bulls as though you can identify a pit bull Mm -hmm. and then ban any large dog particularly from a densely populated urban area you say what well i mean it's a knee-jerk response and it's wrong um i mean yes there are some breeds which which do in fact uh uh, have a higher potential uh, of, um, of biting and of causing damage. I mean, now you had a Roddy, for example, and they have among the strongest dog bites um, in dogdom. Um, and uh, in some measures, they can put in uh, up to uh, 2,000 pounds per square inch wow. in their bite strength. Now, well, I saw, I saw him take a... I, I went to the butcher shop, and I got a, a very large uh, cattle bone and brought it home, and he crushed it. Yep, yep. And, and crushed it. Uh, it's, it, it. I mean, their bite strength is sufficiently strong. So, for example, that with Roddy's, you know, you, for some dogs, you uh, um, use these uh, cattle hooves as chew toys for dogs. I, I have and, to say this, Dan. I just have to say it because I don't want people to to think about this dog in any other way than, than I want them to know him. He was the most gentle, most kind, most giving dog I've ever seen on this planet. He never so much as destroyed a, a cloth toy. He crushed the bone to get at the marrow. Yep. And, and, and see, that was what I was going to point out, and that is, you know, there are instances where people are severely hurt by a dog like a Roddy because they're very big dogs, and if they do uh, become aggressive, they can cause a lot of damage. But the vast majority of Rotties that I have met, except those who have been, you know, either poorly socialized or not trained uh, uh, or being used for guard dogs, the vast majority of that I have encountered uh, are your basic, you know, solid uh, uh, dogs. Uh, they, they're they not kissy-faced in the way that the, the, the sporting dogs that I tend to favor uh, are. Um, but they are certainly uh, very friendly, and uh, and are not a problem. And and you see, that's that's the whole problem. I mean, you know, that's you know, I I, I like to think that that uh, the response, the, the political response that we're getting in this case, to you know, ban all big dogs or ban all uh, pit bulls or something like that, is the Donald Trump response. Okay, ban all Mexicans because a couple of Mexicans. Um, uh, have uh, run drugs into uh, the United States. I mean, you know, that's that's not uh, the way that the game should be played. Um, We've even had legislation passed in the province of Ontario by the former Attorney General Michael Bryant to, to ban pit bulls, and then when Mr. Bryant was subsequently shown 30 photographs, I think it was, or 24 photographs of different types of dog breeds, he couldn't identify 
what a pit bull was. Oh yeah, and 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 that's that's part of the problem. I mean, you know, at one point in time, now this is a bunch of years ago, but uh, uh, there was a report in a an Nanaimo paper out here in in British Columbia. Uh, of a, a girl who had a young girl who had been savagely bitten by uh, what was described as a pit bull cross, uh, and or by a pit bull, sorry. And uh, uh, they published a picture of the dog, and the dog was really a collie cross of some sort. And uh, you know, I I normally don't uh, you know contact the press directly and say, hey guys, you're wrong or something like that. Um, and uh, but I, this bothered me because this was, you know, such an egregious error. And so I contacted the uh, the desk uh, at the uh, newspaper and said, you know, you're wrong. It's a collie cross. And the response was, I got well, any dog who would do this to a child is a pit bull. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice to know that some of my colleagues in media are accurate about what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Stan, can you stay with us a couple of minutes longer? Sure. I want to talk to you about what you need to do in order to keep a dog under control. So you have to be the alpha dog, not that the dog becomes the alpha in the house. You have to be the alpha dog. And one of the ways, one of the most simple things to do is if you're walking from one room to another, and your dog is lying on the floor and in your way, you don't walk around the dog. The dog gets up and gets out of your way. That's the way it's done in the wild. That's the way it should be done in your house. You have to be the alpha. And if you're not, then you may be setting the table for problems somewhere down the line. We'll come back with Dr. Stanley Corrin, and we'll start including your phone calls on The Roy Green Show on the Corrin's Radio Network. There was a time in my life I had six Siberian Huskies. There was another time in my life I had four Dobermans at the same time. And uh, it wasn't a conscious acquisition. It just kind of happened. I started with one and wound up with somebody else's dog they weren't going to keep and ended up with another dog some family wasn't going to keep, so I became like the uh, foster dad. And then I ended up with a fourth one. They were the nicest dogs you can imagine they were just really nice dogs. Somebody said to me one day, uh, "Do you have um, do you have insurance at your house? Do you have like you know theft insurance?" I said, "I don't need it. Look look in the window and look at the four little faces staring back at you. Then you have a decision to make. <laughs> and that decision is go home or go next door. And I wouldn't recommend the next the guy next door because he's got twenty six of them." <laughs> Doctor Stanley Corin is with me a uh, world-famous dog authority, behavior authority, jo- dog judge, and author, professor emeritus at the University of British Columbia in human psychology. How much of a difference stand between human psychology and dog psychology? Well, actually, Who figures out who better? Well, I, 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 I'll give you the secret of, of understanding dogs, and it comes from human psychology. Um, when we're talking about the mentality of dogs, sort of their, their overall mental abilities, uh, the average dog is equivalent to a human two to two, two and a half year old, and uh, the super dogs, uh, those are the dogs in the top 20% of canine intelligence, are equivalent to a human two and a half to three year old. So if you think to yourself that, generally speaking, you know, a dog is equivalent to a human two to three year old, you know, you don't have to be a dog expert at this point in time. Um, 
uh, that gives you a pretty good guess as to how you can interact with the dog, the kinds of problems that he would uh, be able to solve, and uh, which training techniques will work. Now, when it comes to social matters, they're more equivalent to a human, you know, adolescent. So they're much more interested in who's moving up in the pack, uh, you know, who's sleeping with who, and that sort of thing. But, <laughs> but certainly, cognitively speaking, they're they're a human two to three year old. I remember you telling me on the air. Had to be about maybe three, four years ago, and you talked about how conniving they can be, and and you said if you have two dogs and one of the dogs has got a toy that the other dog wants, the other dog might go and look out the window and bark like crazy, as though something were going on outside, luring the first dog away from the toy, and then the second dog dog rushes over, grabs the toy, and there was nothing going on outside at all. No, and, and, and uh, it, it's, it has to do with what we call theory of mind. It means to say that the dogs understand um, uh, that, you know, everybody has a different viewpoint, and, uh, and they're basically trying to sort of get into your mind and to see what it is that you're thinking and using it to their advantage. You know, we play a game with dogs. You know, when we're out over there, it's, it's uh, you know, you're, you're playing fetch, you know, so you're throwing a ball for the dogs. Right. And people seem to delight in the fact that they'll, they'll um, uh, take the ball and pretend to throw it in one direction and then throw it in the other direction. Okay? And so uh, it's sort of a fake-out kind of a thing. And, uh, and dogs do exactly the same thing. You know, they'll come back with a ball, and uh, they'll uh, uh, wait for you to reach it for it. And if they, you do, then they, they'll, they'll, they'll dash away. But if you don't, they'll drop it on the ground and maybe even take a step back or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're basically, you know, playing the same sort of deception games <laughs> that we do. And kids learn that, by the way, in that two- to three-year-old range, you know. Uh, they'll, uh, you, when you watch them playing in a play box, in a sandbox, uh, one of them wants one of the toys that the other one is playing with. So he'll take one of his own toys and sort of toss it in a direction so the other kid will look at it in that direction <laughs> and then he'll snatch the toy. So, you know, it, it really does start to, to show up at, at, at that particular age. And this is before you can read the letter A. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, we're trying to read... You know, other people. Um, Stan, I have about I have about uh, a minute and a half. Let me let me come back to the serious aspect of the story. Yep. When you have a situation like the ones that happened in Canada to this week, where you have the, the two dogs that, or the three dogs that were involved in attacks on humans and serious attacks that wound up with people in the hospital, what might have gone wrong? How do you preclude that? What does the relationship have to be between the dog and the owner to preclude as much as possible that sort of situation taking place? Well, there's, there's, there's a number of things which are going on in, in, in this. And, you know, one of the big things which, which uh, uh, we always uh, uh, <clears throat> try to emphasize is how to avoid the confrontation in the first place. And, unfortunately, a lot of people don't uh, understand how to do that. And, uh, and very often they will engage in something uh, which is... Uh, um, You're doing a good job with the puppy, by the way. I, I, I was just <laughs> got a new pup. He, he, was, he was just racing around and tangled his, 
he grabbed his leash. He, he clearly wants to go out, right. and he sort of tangled my foot in it. So <laughs> that's, that's why you've been hearing all this sort of frantic uh, uh, action. <coughs> anyway, um, uh, very, very often people do exactly the wrong kinds of things. Uh, so, you know, racing away uh, when the dog is making a threat is exactly the wrong thing to do. It, it, it provokes the prey drive in the dog. Uh, we, we have a program which uh, we use to train uh, school kids uh, to prevent bites. And it, we, basically it's called a be a tree program. And uh, what you do is you teach the kids to stand absolutely still. So, uh, you know, tell them be a tree. Um, uh, because, you know, uh, dogs won't chase a tree. I mean, you know, there's, there's nothing. No, we know what they do to trees. And that's right. And then we tell them, fold your branches. So fold their arms in front of them. Because reaching for a dog, or even putting your hands up defensively, the dog can see as a threat. And then we say, um, uh, stare at your roots. And, uh, and that means look straight down at your feet. Right. Uh, because staring at the dog directly can be a threat. Okay. And if you break off all those threats, then, in fact, uh, what tends to happen is that the dog, um, you know, stops acting aggressively. And, okay. by the way, this program is very, very effective. There's a couple of gals in Ontario who uh, put up a website called Dog on Safe. Okay. And Stan, I, I just have to jump in and stop there. But Dog on Safe and your new book is coming out. And just Google Stanley Corrin. Yep. And you'll find out a lot of information. Stan, thank you so much for the time. All right. I talked about a lot of irrelevant stuff, but it was fun. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Dr. Stanley Corrin on dogs. Um, there is a call for dog bans after the two attacks. one 888 is my number. 888 if you're in Toronto, 416-870-6400. Um, is it time to ban certain breeds of dogs? Is it time to ban large dogs from urban areas particularly? Those are the points that have been made over and over. You say what, whether you're a dog owner or not, 888-225-8255-416-870-6400. Would you ban certain breeds of dogs? 888-225-8255. Two incidents this week in Canada where people were nastily attacked by dogs. Two of them were pit bulls, the other a Rottweiler Husky mix. And in the Rottweiler Husky mix, it was the family that had had him since he was seven weeks old that was attacked. As I said, I've had multiples of Dobermans, German Shepherds, one Rottweiler over the years. None of them was a threat, even though one of the Dobbs, Dobbs rather, was completely protection trained, and so was one of the Shepherds. They both came from a professional dog training kennel where dogs were trained for police forces across North America. Either dog was capable of seriously causing damage on command, but attacking was not a personality trait for them. Attacking and defending was something they'd been taught to do, and only to the extent that they were dealing with a real threat. If no threat existed, you could actually give the attack command, and the dog would look at you as in, what? There's nothing going on here. I'm not going to do anything. And the reason I got these dogs was that they turned out, after their training, to be one-person dogs. They didn't want to, nor did they do well, going out with, on patrols with different handlers. So I took them individually as pets, and I knew how to handle them, because I was the alpha dog. 
My neighbor had a small white dog that would constantly annoy the shepherd, the one that was protection trained, but the shepherd not once attacked my neighbor's dog in response. So do you believe in dog bans, breed bans, or large dog bans in urban areas? When Jeffrey sent an email, humans have no right to include animals among possessions. Wow. Jeffrey, you're a little off base there, buddy. Because my little guys, can you imagine me, Rottweilers, Shepherds, Dobermans, 6-pound Yorkie, 15-pound Bichon now, 21 pounds between the two of them? But they could still do damage if they wanted to. But they're not my possessions. I'm their play toy. Robert in Edmonton. Robert, good day, sir. Good day. Go ahead, please. Rather than banning certain breeds of dogs, I think people should be more responsible. Like, if your dog kills somebody, you should be charged with manslaughter or murder. If your dog attacks somebody, you should be charged with assault. I mean, if you train a dog to attack people, there's a certain amount of mandria there. You know, you know what's going to attack people. You see what I'm saying? No, it, you know, you can train dogs to be as police dogs are, trained to respond and trained to attack and trained to take somebody down, that does not mean that it's their personality or that they're ever going to do it in their lifetimes. Yeah, I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about like the crack dealer that buys... Okay, I got you. I got you. College, right? Yeah. Well, like I said, you know, he should be found guilty if his dog attacks somebody. I mean, he's trained it, taught it to do that. And they said... That man's a good thing. He's got to or if they're not socialized, right, they're not fed properly, they're left on a, on a very short chain, that they can't get to their food, it turns yeah. them into angry animals, and that's the objective. I agree with you. If one of those dogs attacks somebody, then the person who had that dog and so miserably mistreated that dog, that person should face criminal charges. I'm with you. I'm with you, sir. No. That's my point. Like I say, you should be... It may have happened, Robert. It may have happened. I'd have to look it up. It may have happened once or twice. But generically, I don't think so. Well, that's just my thought on it. Like I said, old breeds can be mean, old breeds can be nice. It just depends how you treat it, how you train it, right? Up to the dog.